0: The TV Talk podcast is brought to you by MTV's RuPaul's Drag Race, nominated for seven Emmy awards, including Outstanding Host for a Reality or Competition Program and Outstanding Reality Competition Program. Daily Beast declares RuPaul's Drag Race matters now more than ever, and Esquire is calling the Emmy-nominated season an enduring national phenomenon. Don't miss the Historic Phenomenon and stream the Emmy-nominated season of RuPaul's Drag Race at MTV.com and on Paramount+.
1: Hi, I'm Dominic Patton.
0: And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. And, of course, we have nothing to talk about, do we, on TV Talk here? Nothing going on in this world right now.
1: (laughs) It's like they rolled up the sidewalk. Oh, they did roll up the sidewalks because there's no production in town. The 2023 Emmys are taking place in 2024 right now. And, of course, over 160,000 members of SAG-AFRA and about – 20,000 members of the Writers Guild of America are on strike. Their are talks, but we don't know how far those talks are going right now. So, Peter, having said all that, the final round of Emmy voting is open. It closes next week on August 28th at 10 p.m. Pacific time. What's your take on this? How engaged are people with an Emmys that almost seems like a ghost ship at this point?
0: You know, it's, it's a very kind of weird situation here. Um, you know, there is cautious optimism that the studios and at least the writers are talking now and continuing to talk. So that's actually uh, more hopeful than it's been all summer. Um, but the uh, TV Academy couldn't wait around for anything to happen. So what did they do? They moved it to Martin Luther King Day of all places. Um, to have the 75th annual Emmy Awards. And, um, it's just a weird situation because one week later, we're going to have Oscar nominations coming out. And, uh, and two weeks before that, we're going to have the Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice Awards. What is going on? It's just a hard thing. We've never been in this situation with them, all these awards merging into January, but voting. Going on as we speak right now, I have my ballot and all of that. I haven't done it yet. But it's um, all the advertising and everything like it's normal, like the Emmys were going to take place on September 18th, all of that. It looks like it was going to happen. And I think it was smart of the Television Academy not to move the voting period.
1: Let me, let me ask you this, though. But I Emmy voters I've talked to have all kind of said to me what you just said, which is yeah, I got my ballot. I haven't really done anything yet. They feel I get the feeling that people are pretty disengaged. What's your take?
0: Uh voters I've talked to basically are just going along with the flow here. They're going to events. I've been out to a couple of events here recently, uh, where they're showing up and different things, and you know, and those that can do Q and As are doing Q and As mostly below the line stuff, obviously. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, and directing and all of that. Um, not to plug my own video series for Deadline, but behind the lens. What you're going we, to? <laughs> we have that going on, and um, uh, and that's fine. I was able to uh, uh, do all of those, but yeah, I do, I do think it's kind of a, a weird vibe. People are going to wait. Once those votes are in, uh, a week from uh, well, uh, in a week on Monday, as you mentioned. Once those votes are in, we're waiting four and a half months to open those envelopes. Do you think Ernst and Young, their accountants, can keep a secret that long? I don't know. I think I, I here's the thing is I think the accountants can keep a secret, but I
1: think that I I think that Hollywood can't can't keep its patience. I mean, with all that's going on with the strikes. You know, right now, the, the guilds and the uh, and, and the AMPTP are talking, you know, is, indications are those talks are ongoing, but they're they're definitely there's friction, as we've reported repeatedly in deadline and kind of gone behind the scenes and things. You know, it, it's going to be a long road. And of course, once even if they do get a deal and let's be honest, eventually all union disputes do end with a deal one way or the other. Once they get a deal, then there's SAGAFRA and their deal and they get a deal. And then they have to restart the whole process. And then you have to get shows up. You know, already the, the, the fall announcements are very unscripted heavy. They're kind of hoping, praying on, on, on the, the dying days of linear television that they at least can get a, a mid season, uh, slate up and running. The streamers are hoping they can get their pipelines flowing at full capacity again. And then all that happens. My point being to all that, if. That happens. And I'm assuming that that WGA and, and then eventually SAG Afro deal will happen before the end of the fall. I mean, obviously, we've written in deadline. I've written in deadline about how this is, the you know, the plan was to kind of drag this out and try to break this the, the unions into October. Um, but even if that happens and all production happens, by the time we get to January, by the time we get to January 15th for the primetime Emmys and then January 6th and January 7th for the creative Emmys, it feels to me like people's minds are just going to be somewhere else. And it actually feels to me, too, is if production is starting up and people are getting back to work and they're moving pretty fast, I'm wondering even how many people will actually show up at the Emmys because they're going to be in the heart of working and they're going to be racing to get shows up. It feels to me like with all the top quality TV that we're going to be seeing uh, get these awards, Succession, Ted Lasso, many, many others, which we've spoken about and we will again, it feels to me like we've reached the inflection point where the Emmys may have actually fallen, at least for the 75th year, its 75th anniversary. It might have fallen into an afterthought. What's your take?
0: It could have. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is Fox, which is handling them this year on the uh, four-wheel network thing, uh was bound and determined no matter if there was a strike before they had it on a Monday. And now that there's um you know the Emmys are moved to January, they still put it on a Monday, on a holiday Monday no less, on Martin Luther King Day, which is really going to affect, you know, whenever it's on a Monday it affects uh, all kinds of things. Even though that's a holiday, it might be a little easier with the traffic than a normal Monday would be, but you're right. If if all these productions are back, they're going to be like in full mode and all over the place. And who's going to be at the Emmys? Will, will they be there or will it have to go back to COVID style where they've got remote cameras in place for any potential winner and all of that stuff, which made for a fun Emmy? For sure. The actual production is going to, have to be hybrid. I mean, look, Fox were definitely at this
1: point trying to, trying to make the, the best of a bad situation and at least get themselves out of the way of, of Sunday night football and those matchups and what have you, you know, I, I think um, that that that's a reality. But there's such a it's it's sad, you know. Clearly, no one disputes in these in these labor actions that are happening right now that writers need to have a fairer contract. That actors, that issues around things like AI and others, and of course residuals, because it's always about money, need to be properly addressed. No, no one on any side, studio, streamer, guild, whatever, no one's going to debate that. The, the, the mechanism to get there, well, that's, of course, why it's called a bargaining action. Um, but I, I feel like some incredibly talented people and incredibly talented shows are just not going to be able to get, get what they need this year. And that's going to be un- very unfortunate. So let me ask you this. You know, we've had some time for this to gestate. People are voting, maybe not voting with the ferocity they usually do, but they're going to they're going to be voting. Where's your feeling right now if you had to make a pick, who do you think are going to be the big name winners? Let's start with the drama series category. Is it still do you think this is still Succession's to lose?
0: I do. I look, I I I get uh, the word on the ground too talking to people. It seems almost impossible to me for a succession to lose at this point. Um especially with the voting going on as we're speaking, so it's all normal, it's all in line with the advertising with the talk about that show. And uh you know, particularly episode 3 where Brian Cox's character Logan Roy dies, that was that was um
1: spoiler alert if you haven't seen it spoiler alert
0: spoiler alert if you haven't seen it or heard about it you're living under a rock but also we have no
1: idea why you're listening to a tv talk podcast about the emmys if you haven't seen the the last (laughs) season i'm just saying because i constantly get emails and texts and and dms about that when i write about it on deadline about about something people like oh my god i can't believe you spoiled it i'm like you know that happened four months ago. Like Hey,
0: do you want to know what happened at the end of the Sopranos too, buddy? You know, come on. They had dinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so I will I
1: will agree with you. You know, you and I you and I will bicker, differ, and sometimes we'll just cajole each other. But it this is successions. It's where we get to comedy. I actually feel like I, I feel like time strike and every every and the fallout from that, I feel like time might have actually slightly slightly changed this kaleidoscope. I was certain this was Ted Lasso going to have yet another run for its its supposed last season, but now I'm starting to think Jury Duty or Abbott Elementary actually might come up and snag this.
0: Smart, but what about The Bear, which won all the television critics awards and things? Uh, that's in it too. I love The
1: Bear, and I love the the, the most recent season. I mean. Just say the name's Jamie Lee Curtis and move forward, and the fact that Bob Odenkirk shows up for a while is that crazy, uncle? um, I think a lot of people still are they 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 love the entree they love they they love the meal they're not quite sure that they're being served a comedy here, and I think that that's an issue that comes up again and again with the bear
0: That's true, and you know what I think this comedy race is actually up for grabs. I agree with you, I think jury duty you mentioned jury duty. That has four nominations overall. That is the lowest total of any show of the eight in this category across the board. But it is the, I'm sure, the number one show that's being sampled by those who hadn't seen it before. And it may be ripe for an upset here because of that. Because that's the show they're hearing about. I mean, You know,
1: you know, you know, you know what Jury reminds me of? Jury duty reminds me of, and, and I'm going to date myself here, but you know what? Hey, whatever. We all got to join the ACLU and, and the ARP eventually. Um, I remember when 24 came out just after 9-11 and that first season, it did okay. No, it did okay. It was uncomfortable for some people for obvious reasons, what have you. But then it came out on a DVD, the whole first season, or like Schitt's Creek when it came out on Netflix. And there was a bit of a delay, but then people discovered the richness and the imagination and the creativity of those series. And there are other examples as well. I feel like jury duty kind of snuck out on Amazon's freebie and then people kind of saw it out there. But now that some time has passed, the acclaim has passed. And also, again, again, I come back to, I think in this instance, this category has opened up because of time. I feel like people are re-experiencing or experiencing jury duty for the first time and they're marvel. They're like, how did I miss this? And oh my god, this is so good,
0: Dominic. It's the same viral effect that made that show a late ending success. You know, people. It's called word of mouth, and that and the uh, Television Academy is not immune to that. The fact that it got nominated will tell you everything, because uh, everyone except me was not expecting to. I actually uh, did predict it as one of the eight nominees because I thought. You know, it probably had enough enthusiasm in there uh, to get enough votes, whereas I said some of these other shows don't. But, you know, the bear has got a, a lot of attention for it. I see that. Abbott Elementary, in- interestingly, didn't get directing or writing nominations this year. So I thought that was in line probably in its second season uh, to win this. I'm not so sure now that that would happen. That's why I think it's kind of wide open. And I'll mention one other show. Even though this is a darker horse here, only Murders in the Building has its third season going right now with Meryl Streep and getting a lot of attention for it that it's the best yet for that show. That could draw some votes too. And again, I say,
1: I I mean, I'm not, you know, we have this happen. I don't entirely disagree with you to say it in my qualified way. And again, I would say partially that's, you know, that, that, opportunity or what have you is partially because we now have this kind of, it feels like even though we're sticking to the voting schedules as they were supposed to be done, it feels like there's this elongated time. And so it feels like there's suddenly like, oh, oh yeah, that show and it's back again. It feels like murder Only Murders in the Building is actually a current show right now. Whereas Ted Lasso, which had so much thunder, it feels like, oh, isn't that the show that ended before the Women's World Cup? You know, it just feels like it's one in a succession of soccer shows.
0: The TV Talk podcast is brought to you by MTV's RuPaul's Drag Race. Nominated for seven Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Host for a Reality or Competition Program, and Outstanding Reality Competition Program, Daily Beast declares RuPaul's Drag Race matters now more than ever and Esquire is calling the Emmy-nominated season an enduring national phenomenon. Don't miss the historic phenomenon and stream the Emmy-nominated season of RuPaul's Drag Race at MTV.com and on Paramount+. Plus. we got
1: two more main categories we want to talk about, limited anthology series and TV movie, which always makes me laugh because I always think, you know, it should be the Poseidon Adventure or something like that. Um, But... Uh, in limited or anthology series, there's a lot of big names: Beef, Dahmer, Daisy Jones and the Six, Fleischman in Trouble, Obi Wan Kenobi, which is not going to win. The Force is not strong with this one. They got a nomination, and that's where that's going to be. I know a lot of people say it's going to be Beef with with Stephen and Ali in it, and and that show certainly just you know shocked and blew people away. But I think. I think the surprise winner here could be Daisy Jones and the Six.
0: Well, okay. I you know from past conversations how much I like that show. I know. I you know it it's a very very entertaining series. It's very good. Beef was an amazing series too and Dahmer in its own way, but Dahmer's a kind of a downer. Well, that's
1: a very mild way of putting that. Serial Killer Epic, yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and also Netflix itself, with all those people who are eligible to vote over there, will be splitting their own votes between Beef and Dahmer unless they've got a, a network uh, streamer strategy. Which is
1: which, – ah, see? Now that's where we're getting into the hard, the hard retail politics of this. That is why I think Daisy Jones has it. I also think Daisy Jones has it because of Riley and because of the attention, obviously, to her performance. And I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not going to step away from this. I think Riley is a tremendous actress. I wasn't that much much of a fan of the book because I thought it was a bad uh, behind the music rewrite of Fleetwood Mac, but the show takes it to a different place for no no one among many reasons, but certainly in the fact that Daisy Jones and the Six had to shut down for almost a year because of Covid, and now we've learned that the actors Riley and the and, and and Sam and the rest of them, they actually took that time to become a real band, and they jammed and played and like so by the time they actually hit the the literal and figurative stage. Unlike time and time again, where as a guitar player myself, I'll see people in shows playing guitar, and I'm like, that's not even the notes of the song. The guy doesn't have his fingers in the right place. These guys were a rockin' mid-'70s uh, uh, so- SoCal band. I think more than anything, though, you nailed it. You nailed it because we often, we get caught up and we talk about these shows in terms of the Emmys, and when you and I talk about the Oscars and other award shows, we talk about this and that. But there is a hard math to this stuff. And there is hard politics and there is a divide and conquer. And you are, I think you are so right. The Netflix, the Netflix contingency are split. And that is where Daisy Jones will find his victory. And also, when the granddaughter of Elvis Presley sings, you listen.
0: I, I think so too, and you know what's happened too. You know, everyone knows it's sort of an homage to Fleetwood Mac and everything. And Mick Fleetwood suddenly was in the headlines with the Maui fires and his restaurant burning down and and everywhere. And so you know, even Fleetwood Mac's top of mind. And you think about that show and you think about all that stuff. And it, it's just all there as voting's going on. So yeah, I, I can see that.
1: And then you've had you've had in recent you've had in recent weeks like Stevie Nicks, the goddess herself. Come out and say, "Hey, I watched it. I loved it." You know, like that. 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 That's the golden ticket vote. When Stevie Nicks says, "I like your fictional depiction of the breakup of my band."
0: Well, I think it's possible, and I do think the Netflix conundrum with both of their shows getting thirteen nominations each; those were the leading totals in that category. um, It's it's going to be an interesting thing to see how that goes, as opposed to the comedy series where Netflix only has. One entry Wednesday, which uh, got, um, you know, 12 nominations there and I probably won't win in its first season, but was a very popular show there. But here's where they really are competing against themselves. So we'll see, uh, what happens. We didn't even mention, uh, Fleischman is in trouble. Is Fleischman is in trouble in trouble? Yes.
1: I, I, Fleischman is in trouble, has all the pedigree. No, I, I feel like. It's it's just faded. It's 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 an old school show show that, you know, I mean, and I don't mean this to to link it to anything, but it has all that feelings of like a, a late 70s kind of um, art house uh, film in a sense. But it's just it just it's dimmed. And that happens. You know, the, you, you talk about this a lot. I know when we talk about Oscars, you know, the timing of when you release a film, the impact upon its Oscar potential is huge. You know, that's why you want to release an Oscar, an Oscar uh, potential film. You want to release it in the fall because you want to you want to catch the you want to catch the wave, so to speak. I, I feel like Fleishman is in trouble. The calendar was not its friend.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then we have television movie, which is usually a throwaway category, but it's getting a little bit better now.
1: I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to play both ends of this one. I am totally caught. Between this being weird, the Al the Al Yankovic story, or Dolly Parton's Magic Mountain Christmas, I just cannot break that logjam in myself. It is a it is a electoral college tie for me on those two.
0: Dolly Parton actually won this, you know, before, and uh, uh, last year, if you recall, it went to Chippendale uh, for Disney. Uh, so you're right. They do tend to look at this and go like, OK, what's the most you know popular commercial kind of TV thing we can do here rather than a really good movie that might have played theaters or been at film festivals like Weird. Um, Weird, The Al Yankovic Story, which has by far the most nominations, not only this year in this category with eight, but the most nominations of any movie that's been nominated for television movie in I cannot remember when. And I will also say, no spoilers here, but Weird, The Al Yankovic Story,
1: clearly you know who it's about, also has the most cameos, fictional and non-fictional, that you will ever see in in a TV movie. And there's one particular scene. If you know it, you know what I'm talking about.
0: Now, I thought I'd never utter this sentence, but I do think this category is the Roku channels to lose. Uh, Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Charlie culture, we're calling you out. This is your moment, my man.
0: But look, Hocus Pocus 2 – has a lot of residual love that, of course, came from a theatrical release of the first one. They went straight to Disney Plus here for some reason. I think it would have done very well theatrically. Prey. A lot of people like Prey. It is sort of a follow-up to Predator in its own way, but taken very seriously on Hulu. So, you know, you've got these shows that actually have a little more gravitas to them than the usual lineup in, in the uh, television movie, which basically was gutted by the uh, Television Academy. Here's the thing.
1: You have Weird Al Yankovic,
0: who is beloved,
1: you know? You have this great Hollywood story that it tells. And you have Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe playing him. Like, it, this is this is like holding a winning hand in poker. It's almost impossible. I mean, look, I, the Emmys constantly surprised me and my and my predictions and with all the certainty I have of them constantly proved to be wrong. I will always say that. I feel like you can't lose this except you are up against an icon of icons. And that, you know, I mean, it's Dolly Parton, man. Like, how you know, but otherwise, I, I tell you, it, it, this is a hard one for me. And I, I think I might be wrong. I think it might be Weird Al's, it might be Weird Al's, but... Yeah, man, you it's hard to take on Dolly Parton.
0: We'll see, but they're not going to put it on the primetime Emmy show. They're going to put it on the creative Arts show. So we'll know a week before. So we'll know in earlier January how this one <laughs> turns out.
1: You know, we always want to
0: know from you guys what you think about our predictions and how you think
1: we're totally wrong, whatever. And, of course, the strike is affecting everything, and, and it, we would be foolish and 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 pithy to to ignore that the hardships that people are going through, the stress that people are going through, you know obviously the past few days with with hurricane Hillary coming, there hasn't been uh, people out on the lines, but they're going to be this week again now the the clouds seem to be clearing literally, hopefully obviously people are hoping figuratively that will happen with more talks. However, this is going, this is an incredibly unusual year, and maybe in a sense, we're all rolling the dice here to figure out how this is. I I will say for one thing, just before we leave, I think it's important to talk about is, you know, we joke about the Emmys being moved to January and Fox doing this and that, but only fools and horses could ignore the fact that award shows are in trouble. Um, Pete brought up earlier, of course, how this is going to turn into the 405 at rush hour of award shows in January with one after another and Oscar nominations almost backing up bumper to bumper. You know, I think in many ways, this is... If the strike is a reckoning for the industry in terms of its business models, in terms of its labor relations, et cetera, et cetera, and where that ends up, and you know, we can only predict where that will go. I I think that this also might be. We might be seeing Peter. Please tell me your thoughts on this. But I feel like with this push to January, we might finally be seeing that that Emmy, that award show corner being turned, because the reality is, is not a lot of people are watching, and once again. With this being pushed you know shows that we're on there are literally shows that almost ended or started at this point with the calendar that we're looking at right now a year before the Emmys nomination the Emmy Awards show that's supposed to celebrate them Peter do, do you do you feel like you feel like the, the the die is cast here that that these you know I, I mean I just feel almost automatically I feel like we're already going to be having discussions about will this be the lowest or second lowest rated Emmys ever
0: yeah. Well, we had that during the uh, COVID, too. And Jimmy Kimmel, when I talked to him uh, and interviewed him that year where he was hosting it, actually predicted this will be the lowest rated. And he was right. But, you know, that was, uh, you know, circumstances here. Here's what I would suggest to the Television Academy. It's your 75th anniversary. It's your diamond anniversary You don't want to do the Emmys. You want to do a celebration of the television and a knockout variety show that celebrates that and the Emmy awards that they'll hand out. I know there's 26 categories or whatever they got to get on the air. They got to find a way to make this not the Emmys, but to make this a huge celebration of television and everything in there. And then they might have something that might get a few eyeballs, even on Fox.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, hope springs eternal, as they say, but it's a very, very weird year. You know what? Maybe that's just the reality of now. You know, you mentioned COVID, you mentioned this. I feel like the past four years, we've just been swinging from one one end of the pendulum to the other, one end of the stage to the other, for what used to be a pretty normal process. Having said that, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Obviously, things went a little differently. But as I said, we're living in a different era right now, a different age. And we have to address that. We hope that you will make sure that you keep listening. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode of TV Talk.
0: And of course, you can find all of our TV breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk soon.
1: Adios.